1: Ancestor, by number one New York Times best-selling novelist Scott Sigler, is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, citizens, to Liberty, Tales from the Tower. As your media director, it is my privilege to inform you that the following stories will contain content some listeners will certainly find disturbing. But first, we here at Tower 4 have a few brief but special announcements— First, we'd like to thank you for being a listener. I'm told by management that we are nearing 800 subscribers on our iTunes feed. It is with my heartfelt gratitude that I thank every citizen who has rated and reviewed this broadcast. It truly helps our broadcast reach new listeners, and it gives us a bit of an ego boost as well. In other news, our interview later this week with the parents of child protege Cheris DeHart from District 6 has been rescheduled for the following week. While I am sure we are all eager to hear from the proud and allegiant DeHartes regarding the rearing of young citizen Cheris, we can all be assured that it is for a commendable reason. At only the young age of twelve, the astonishing citizen Charis de DeHart will be receiving her doctorate mark, in a private ceremony later this week, soon to be Dr. DeHart, is a shining example of what we should all aim to achieve for the betterment of Atreus. Congratulations to the DeHart family, and may the Archon watch over you. On the topic of children growing up and education and things of that nature, tonight's tale, Pinprick, was written by Caitlin Statz and is read for us by Michelle Frank Merksmer. A few decades ago, something strange happened in District 9. Let's learn more.
0: Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.
2: My son is not doing as well as he should be his instructors have been contacting me from multiple classes mathematics biology chemistry planetary sciences he used to be near the top of his class i know that he's not the top of his class but he was really close so knowing that he is slipping to the lower quarter of the class is disconcerting worse off publius has been growing aggressive my friends have been telling me consistently that it may be normal for boys his age to act out I don't feel like this is normal. Several days ago, Publius arrived home agitated and tired and made a mess of his pack the moment he got home. I received a notification on my datapad within minutes of his return home. It was from one of his instructors. Publius was being reprimanded for violent actions against a fellow student. He has never been violent before, but now I really can't be sure. Publius, did you get into a fight at your courses? I asked. But Publius was just sprawled over the sofa, switching quickly between broadcast channels. He didn't respond to me. I don't know if he heard me, but he had never knowingly ignored me before. Publius, did you get into a fight? I don't think my voice got very stern.
0: I broke it, and I'd break it again. Break yours, too.
2: Publius muttered from the sofa. I'd never seen this side of him. I'd never seen him act this way. Publius was would never speak that way. Broke what, Publius? Nothing. Broke what, Publius? Nothing. 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 I gave up. I I didn't really give up, that sounds so horrible to say, but I had a busy day tomorrow and I honestly didn't have time to deal with his recent antics. I set about preparing meal for myself and set aside some for him on the counter. He wanted to eat, he'd eat. I had several research articles to read before tomorrow's presentation and tomorrow's workday also appeared to be booked. Nearing the time for retirement, I went out to see Publius, but he was fast asleep on the sofa. Look who's so rough and bold now, I whispered under my breath as I lifted him up and carried him off to his room. As I was placing him in his bed, I found that he had little dots on his skin. They appeared to be little sections of broken blood vessels, and his veins stood out prominently in the immediate area surrounding the bruised and damaged areas. Well, that'll teach you to fight. I bet you will feel very sore in the upcoming days. I took off his shoes and socks. What's wrong with you recently? No thanks, Mom. No problem, Mom. Nothing. I put the sheet over him. Sure, he was being a little menace, but he wasn't always. This was new. New and uninvited. But I was tired, and as sleep began to sound more and more enticing, I placed the whole thing in the back of my mind. I closed the door all but completely and walked toward my room. It would feel great with all of this as just the stress of yesterday. Days went on. My friends from work tried to give me encouraging words, He's just acting out, Rafina. It's just a phase. It'll be over before you know it, Rafina. The stress of getting home and having to deal with my own son was becoming unnerving. I love him, but it barely seemed like my little Publius anymore. One morning, I awoke to the ringing of my alarm, a buzz that endured. My body ached. Every muscle seemed to be in disagreement with their purpose the buzzing didn't stop with the alarm. It continued on as a horrid pulsing in my head that felt worse than any migraine I had previously suffered. I felt exhausted and entirely unprepared to face the day, or even my morning. I ached through movement and muscle memory. I dressed for my morning athletics and stepped lightheaded and weakly onto the treadmill. I don't know what I was thinking, stepping onto that treadmill the way I felt. I barely made it twenty steps before my legs collapsed beneath me and the whole of my body felt ill. When the weight of my body hit the treadmill, it came to an emergency stop and I rolled to the floor. Publius! I called out. I had not awoken Publius yet and I wasn't sure if he could even hear me. Publius! I called out again eyeing the data pad on the kitchen counter my arms felt so weak and my legs were rubber beneath me rallying strength seemed impossible and I hung my head only to spy a great blue bruise on my arm blotchy blue and red a large singular circular dot was centered in the bruise I called out to Publius again Tiny, fast footfalls foreshadowed the arrival of Publius to the doorframe. Mother, what's wrong? Before me, as I looked up, I saw a Publius I had not seen in weeks. He was bright and energetic, but his face was washed with worry. Publius, dear, get Mommy her datapad, please. Publius ran over to the counter and fetched the datapad.
0: You have a message, Mommy?
2: Thank you. I'll, I'll get to it later. I uttered as I typed in a message to medical services. Go get ready for your courses, Publius. Someone is going to be coming over to help Mommy later. Don't miss your train. I put down the data pad and Publius turned to head to the bathroom. Wait, Publius. Get me a pillow, please, before you go. Please. Publius walked over to me. No, Mom, I'll help you up. He said as he put his little arms around me. With the strength more so of an athletic teenager than a young child, he lifted me to the bed. I was shocked, but too ill to respond. Thank you, Publius. Now now go. Get ready, or you will miss your train. I closed my eyes and lay down on the bed. The world spun. A glimmer of light came from the room around me. A few noises, and I fell back to sleep. A knock rattled the metal of the bedroom door. It was the neighbor woman, Dr. Williamson. I heard some words, but not all of them, about medical services, help, rest, and check-in. But mostly, I slept. Before I knew it, nearly six hours had passed in slumber, and I awoke hungry and aching. I awaited the arrival of Publius back from his courses but my data pad blinked with a new message. Dr. Rufina Conch,
3: we dispatched a medic to you earlier today. It was determined that you need significant rest and that it appears you lost a lot of blood. Our in-home service already administered intravenous fluids to you earlier today, but due to your need for significant rest, We have determined that you are no longer currently fit to care for your son, Publius, until you have ample time to recover. Your son has been placed within the care of your neighbors, the Williamson's. Please do not worry, you will be fine. Another medical technician will be by tomorrow to check on you again and administer another round of intravenous liquids special meal has been provided. It is on your bedside table. Please, take the time to recover, and you should know that your work has been informed of your absence. Recover well, and may the Archon watch over you.
2: I didn't try to sit up. I turned my head slowly to see the drink and meal provided for me. It took me 20 minutes to eat just a few bites. In the end, it took me three days to only slightly recover from whatever it was that happened. When I was finally up and walking around on a regular basis, I went to go and knock on the door of the Williamson's. Nice people, both doctors in their respective fields. We had dinner with them about twice a year and also sent greetings to each other on the holidays. I knocked weakly against the door and resulted to the doorbell when I was sure my knocking had not been heard.
3: Dr. Conch, are you feeling better? Publius is doing fine, but you look very pale. Please, go lay back down. I can call my husband to check on you if you need it.
2: Dr. Williamson looked at me with concern, and I did feel rather horrible still now. So Publius is okay? I whispered out.
3: He is doing fine. Do not worry yourself. Just go and
2: get yourself better. She wrapped an arm around my shoulder and walked me over to the door to my apartment. Can I see him? Oh dear,
3: it's course time. He's not in. Please, go
2: rest. You are confused. She opened the door to the apartment. I walked in and walked straight to my bed. Publius was fine. Dr. Williamson was correct. I was tired, and I went to sleep. At some point, a medical technician came in and treated me. I ate a few bites, but I was quickly back to sleep. I woke the next day with more vigor. I checked the time. Publius should be home, home at the Williamson's. It was so quiet here without him, without his music, Without the broadcast playing, I walked over to the Williamson's again and knocked. Harder this time. Dr. Williamson opened the door again. Hi. I'm feeling better today. Is Publius in? No, dear. You've
3: been sleeping. Today the students went to the Z Planetarium. They won't be home for several more hours. She placed a hand on my arm. You don't have to worry. Just rest. Her face lit up for a moment. I have his recent progress report saved on my datapad if you would like to see it. Go back to your apartment and I'll meet you there with it.
2: I walked back to the apartment. The Z planetarium is wonderful. If Publius likes it, maybe I could take him back one day. As I sat down, Dr. Williamson walked in, datapad in hand. His marks
3: have been rising... I think his worrying for you has really settled
2: him down. Dr. Williamson was talking, but I focused on the numbers before me. Publius seemed to be doing so well now. It put me at ease, but I was missing my son deeply at this point. Can you wake me when he comes in for the day? I asked. My recent strength seemed short-lived, and I was already tiring out. You should just rest.
3: I'm not sure exactly when he'll get back. She stood up and walked to the door. He is fine, so don't worry yourself. And
2: she left. I ate a meal canister, rested on the sofa with a broadcast, showered, and went soon after to bed. The next day, I went back to the Williamson's again. It was no longer course time. And I wanted to ask my son about the Z Planetarium. I knocked. And Dr. Williamson opened the door. I want to see Publius. I miss him, and I want to tell them that he can come home soon. I'm feeling so much better already. He's not... I cut her off. He is. He has to be in. He needs to be here. It makes no sense that he would have two straight days of after-course activities.
3: I wanted to see my son. He's not awake right now. He is taking a nap. Dr. Williamson stood up a bit straighter,
2: and she looked at me oddly. Please wake him up. I stepped into the doorway. I want to see my son. From behind the glaring Dr. Williamson, I could hear a noise that unsettled me greatly. A moan, like a gabbed yell and screech was coming from a door at the end of their apartment. I am not a violent woman. But I pushed Dr. Williams into the ground with as much weakened strength as I could muster oh. dashed towards the door. I was lightheaded by the time I reached it, but I was set on finding my son. The door was a slider, and I didn't have the key code. Hearing the moan again, I reached for a nearby object, a heavy, abstract art statue, and, and dashed it against the panels. A spark of light. The light flickered in and out, and the door slid open. Inside was a child, older than Publius, and chained, strapped and crazed. He looked abhorrent. His eyes were gleaming purple and his pupils were massive. He was so pale, but his veins stood out greatly, popping up and wrinkling his skin. I thank the Archon that it wasn't Publius. I turned to a shocked Dr. Williamson. Where is my son? I held the art sculpture back up menacingly. What the fuck is that? Where is my son? Dr. Williamson glared at me. She glanced at another door, then moved quickly toward me. I tossed the sculpture and it cracked her across the side of the head, sending (gasps) her to the ground. I opened every door. Bathroom. Bedroom. Locked. I smashed the lock open, and inside was a bedroom, and on the bed was Publius, asleep. Intravenous needles dripping something into him. Publius! Publius? I rushed over and slowly took the needle out. The liquid dripping from one was creamy and gleamed in the light. The other was dark red and smelt of copper. Mommy? Publius opened his eyes and winced in pain as the needles came out. Yes, yes, dear. Come on. Come on. We're leaving. Come on. I helped him out of the bed. He followed me, hand in hand, and I I covered his eyes as we passed the bleeding Dr. Williamson on the floor. I got to the door, and down the hall of the apartment complex was the other Dr. Williamson returning home. He saw me with Publius and started rushing toward us. I took as little time as I could to reach our apartment door across the hall, and I slammed it shut behind us. I called the Civil Defense Force and waited for the officers with heavy breath. Dr. Williams had never knocked on the door and never tried to get Publius back. When I briefly explained what happened, they informed me that both Dr. Williamson's were gone, and so was the person, that creature from that horrible room. They launched an investigation. There was no official medical record from my call to the medical services. It had all been blocked and filtered through Dr. Williamson. Their apartment was filled with illegal medical equipment, but they were nowhere to be found, even after a colony-wide search. Within a week, the Public Works Division was cleaning out the apartment, and a new young couple moved in. Publius was fine when I first got him back. But he slowly became more and more aggressive as time went on. I asked him one day about what happened. He said the Williamson's were giving him shots to make him grow up big and strong. They were feeding him special food and made him sleep with the needles in. The Civil Defense Force contacted me back after a week. The red liquid I had found in the apartment, being pumped into Publius, was blood. More specifically, My blood. The Williamson's had been drugging me and draining me for weeks, but I've noticed something now. Publius is getting far more pale. I've been making him very special dinners recently to help him in the only way I can think of. I'm afraid they will take him away if they think he will turn out like that monstrous boy I found in their apartment. So I feed him special meals to keep him happy and normal and not so pale. I'm so tired. But I love my son.
1: Thank you for listening to the Liberty Podcast. Episode 3 of Tales from the Tower was written by Caitlin Statz and co-created and produced by Travis Fengroff. Pinprick was read by Michelle Frank Merxmer, With accompanying voices by Victoria Rowett and Kristen Fernandez. The music and sounds were designed by Careless Juja. The Liberty, Tales from the Tower introduction theme, was performed by Brandon Strader. If you would like more information about the world of Atreus, please check out LibertyEndures.com. To support the Liberty Podcast, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Liberty is a Fool and Scholar production, and this episode is trademarked by John Dossinger Publishing 2016.